And just like that, we are back with another episode of Upward and Onward. And I have a question for you guys out there. Is anyone in the market for a Lamborghini, maybe a new Bugatti? Well, if you are, this is Curtis Griffin, and he is the founder of Torque Motorcar. They are a luxury and exotic car concierge firm. And today you'll get a chance to hear about some of the cool things he's done in the past and what he's up to now. Thanks for joining us. It's awesome to have you here. And um, I'm looking forward to the conversation Thanks for uh, driving down from Brookline, Mass., and uh, sitting in this seat today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a Def- pleasure. Definitely. How was the drive over? It was smooth. It was easy. Yeah. Not a lot of traffic, which is unusual for Boston. So, right? you know, we're, we're looking good. We're looking uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Looking good. And it's a cool day today. We're not too hot. We're not too cold. It's perfect. Curtis is rocking the Torque Got the gear right Torque here. hoodie right now. Had Ooh. to represent. You already know. Ooh. Are there any uh, promo codes out there? I know you made one for me, and I didn't get a chance to get one, but I have to do it next time there's a promo code. Is one out there? For someone who's watching, and they can maybe go on TorqueMotorCar.com and punch in a promo code and get a little uh, discount. We can make a promo code happen for sure. Okay. All right, for sure. All right. All right. Stay yeah. tuned for the promo code. We'll drop it in the comments. And um, nevertheless, I think what will be helpful for some of our listeners and some of our viewers is just to get a sense of you and your childhood and maybe your background. I know that you're really into cars, but mm-hmm. I'm curious, how did that love for cars come about? It's an excellent question, Arlene. I wish I had the answer. Um <laughs> Let me let me rewind a little bit. So I was born just outside of Atlanta, and I say just outside. I was you know a few hours south. Um, hey, Hira, Georgia. Uh, was adopted around two months old. Grew up in a very small town in Maine, and somewhere during that journey, my love for cars you know developed. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. I don't know you know if it's in my blood, my DNA, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but that that love and, and the passion um, definitely you know came to be as, as I got older. Um, nice. There are pictures of me in my little tykes car at like, you know, <laughs> age two with my helmet on. So I have no idea yeah. where that came from. My, my family, you know, my parents were not really into cars, I guess. Okay. You know, they just had normal cars. But yeah. for whatever reason, I was always attracted to, you know, louder, lower, faster, or whatever yeah. it is. Anything with an engine, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's what's up. So was I growing up. I can't say that I was really into cars, but I definitely appreciated, like, Hearing a motor or like hearing an engine, like really just do its thing and sounds so beautiful, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy that you found a love for something like automobiles and you've made that a part of your business. So I'm curious, um, as you grew up in Maine and then graduated high school, uh, you went to college and you studied criminology. Mm-hmm. And you went to the University of Southern Maine, right? Correct, yes. Nice. How was that experience? What was that like? It was good. You know, I, it's funny, um, kind of rewinding a little bit, I didn't envision going to the University of Southern Maine, okay. USM. Um, I wanted to go out west. My plan was to go to California, go to UCLA. Um, I wanted them to run track and field and then eventually work my way up to, you know, the Olympics. Yeah. Um, I grew up playing sports and just kind of fell into track and field and really, you know, ended up loving that and wanted to kind of pursue, you know, an Olympic career. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kept getting injured, and it got to the point where, you know, it wasn't time for me to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but I always had this love for, like, law and mm. studying crime and understanding, you know, why people commit the crimes they do and, you know, factors that could lead someone to commit a certain crime. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, something more violent or a white collar or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, and went to schools studying criminology and wanted to either, you know, become an FBI agent Ooh. or a lawyer. 
Okay. Um, and was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to study this. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, I'd say probably sophomore year, I said, you know what? I don't, I don't know if this is for me. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I don't love it. That's fair. And, you know, I, I just decided that law was not the path that yeah. I wanted to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. I think that's good that you had that like realization and didn't maybe let that go further than it needed to. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, not for nothing. I think what you're doing now is really cool. And I feel like if you're passionate about what you're doing day to day in your business, then you can go further with that as opposed to something that maybe you're not as passionate about. But exactly. yeah, as you were in college though, and you were studying criminology, were there any courses or any like cases that you found really interesting to you or anything that you learned that was like, Oh wow, I didn't know that. That's a great question. I would say, you know, cases in particular, no, because we studied so many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and all different types of crime. Yeah. And, you know, I still have the stack of books at home that oh, we wow. read. And, you know, it's like this tall. And I'm like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I would definitely say, you know, learning a lot about business law, corporate law was really good. Mm. Um, and then criminal law and seeing the side of that as well. And then comparing and contrasting and seeing the differences. Yeah. Um, but understanding you know, why it is people commit certain crimes um, and kind of how to predict some of that. So Mm. I found that interesting. Um, I loved, you know, my time at at school. But near in the end, like I said, I I decided I did not want to pursue a career in law enforcement or law. Yeah. um, And kind of stumbled into the the world of sales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a great place to be. Yeah. I'm curious, though. So, you know, typically I think people commit crimes due to maybe the pressures that they're under or Mm -hmm. certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. But... Is there anything that you're familiar with that, like, maybe it's also in some ways, like, hereditary or biological, like, that they have a certain characteristic about them that, like, makes them more apt to commit a certain crime? Or is it just more or less, you know, really circumstantial? It can be circumstantial as well. um, And there can be some kind of biological aspects of that as well. Mm. Um, So it's cool to kind of, like, see, you know, what could cause that yeah. and who may be, you know, the next criminal bunny. Ooh, you you never really be. know. So could be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it was definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a great professor, great nice. professors, mm-hmm. um, nice. and really got to immerse myself in, in that world. And, you know, I still enjoy it, find it fascinating. Yeah. But, you know, it's just not for me in terms of a career. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. You did mention you said you wanted to become an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you were an FBI agent, you probably wouldn't tell me. So now I'm a little... A little, a little scared. <laughs> I'm just joking. Can't say anything. Yeah, you can't say anything, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I also saw that you had studied negotiation mastery. Yes. Nice. And this was at the Harvard Business Online School. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. So what was the motivation to study that? So I just kind of went through a, a low patch in my sales career. Um, had just lost my job. was let go from a sales job yeah. um, for very weird reasons. Yeah. Um, it was very unfortunate the company was going through some changes and, you know, it was one of those where I was kind of forced out, uh, um, which is unfortunate, but also fortunate at the same time. Yeah. So, um, during my time looking for a new position, I figured what better way to spend it mm-hmm. than furthering my education. Mm-hmm. Um, took a law class at Yale online and it was good. It wasn't as engaging as I wanted it to be. Okay. And then this one at HBS online came up. And I said, you know what? Let me try negotiation. Like, yeah. I'm in sales. Yeah. Let me touch up on my skills. I'm not the best negotiator. Sure. Um, so why not learn more? Yeah. And you know, sign up for the course and realize like this is this, this is cool. Is, this this is, cool. is what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, there were about I think 650 people, 700 people in the class. Wow. Um, 
across the globe from you know big time lawyers to executives at oil companies and we're doing live negotiations wow. which is really cool Damn. Um, so yeah, I figured I'd fill the gap in between you know looking for work and finding a job with something educational to put on the resume that could benefit my my future career in sales. So definitely, that's such a good use of your time. Mm-hmm. I mean, taking something that's unfortunate, but also you know not dwelling too much in that unfortunate feeling yeah. and that everything that comes with that, but uh, pivoting and thinking about okay, how can I take a next step that's going to be beneficial for me. And what does that look like? And mm-hmm. seeking out those resources. So kudos to you for doing something like that. Um, so proud of you. And I'm really happy that I'm getting to talk to you because, you know, these are the types of people who are making a difference, who are making a change. If you are someone who is faced with a challenge, but you can overcome that challenge through perseverance and determination and seeking out the resources that you need to get yourself to the next step, that's what life's all about. Mm-hmm. Definitely turn the negatives into a positive for sure. Definitely. For sure. You know, I... I Kind of sat with it for a week or two and allowed myself to just kind of be down and bummed and was yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. I love my job. It was great. Yeah. I mean, I was finally making more money than I ever had in my life, yep. Uh, yep. especially yep. coming from a small town in Maine. I said, <laughs> wow, this is crazy. Like, I didn't think this was possible. Yeah. Um, and then to just kind of lose all that in a day was, was crazy. Wow. Um, so I gave myself some time and then, you know, pulled myself back up and nice. made sure I kept my family and friends close and was chatting with them and asking for advice and said, you know what? I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to work out. Mm-hmm. Ride my mountain bike. Don't do it anymore. That's another yeah, story. Same. <laughs> um, and decided to keep myself busy and be productive. Mm-hmm. And I filled it with, you know, furthering my education, um, which is great. I think so. I think so. I agree. Well done. Um, so as you learn more about negotiation and mastering negotiation, mm-hmm. are there certain qualities of someone who is a good negotiator that you've learned about? Definitely needs to be empathetic, for sure. Okay. Um, definitely, you know, what I've learned is it's not all about just what can I get. Yeah. You kind of need to work towards that common goal, and that is, you know, closing the deal or whatever it may be. Yeah. And understand, you know, what the other side wants mm. and how you both get there and kind of find that overlap in that Venn diagram. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely you need to be empathetic. You need to... Be assertive, but not too aggressive. I mean, yeah. it's a balance of everything, right? Yeah. You can't be too much of one and, you know, nothing of the other side either. You need to find the balance and make sure that you know, you're not coming to the table and sitting down and saying, okay, I see the pie, I want the whole pie, the and, whole like, thing. that's it. Yeah, It can't work like that. Um, and you need to be able to be strategic and know that you're trying to build a relationship. It doesn't always need to be a battle. Mm, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Because I think a lot of people just in life, uh, you know, they do things with their own intentions in mind. Yeah. Or better yet, yeah, like their own benefit in mind. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they don't necessarily think about the person on the other side of the deal or the other side of the relationship. And it's really important to be empathetic in that regard, I think. Um, yeah. And understanding like, okay, yes, I want a large slice of this pie, but... There is other people who need to eat, too. So, um, you know, allowing that to happen as it should. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing, too, my biggest takeaway is I think the live negotiation was great, too. Mm. Um, So how does that work? It was cool. You just do it on Zoom. So so you get on a Zoom call, and then what? And we have a prompt. Okay. And, you know, we are on one side or the other. Um, A lot of them, I was on the side of trying to negotiate the best possible lease terms for a commercial space. Hmm. Because um, I wanted to build my my company okay. in this space, and I was going against the landlord and their attorneys, <laughs> and the goal was to try to 
you know, come to an agreement, okay. but not be too aggressive, mm-hmm. but not be too passive and find a way, okay, really understand what does the landlord want? Mm. They want that monthly, yearly revenue coming in, income, whatever. Yeah. Um, I want the space. Yeah. How do we meet in the middle? How do we yeah. both walk away happy mm. and not feel like we are defeated and beat up? Yeah. We don't want to leave a negotiation feeling that way. We want to feel like, okay, this was good. Mm. Um, and the biggest thing, too, is remembering that like the person you're speaking to is human as well. They have things they need to look out for. They may have something they need to report to a family to feed, whoever that may be. Just being mindful of that um, is definitely something I learned from that course. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really, that's going to serve a lot of people well who listen to this, I think. Um, You know, when you're going out there and you're trying to make something happen, you're trying to get a deal done, super important to think about that person's needs too. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I maybe wouldn't have thought too much about that prior to this conversation i would just be like oh i want this so let's go do it and i you know this is what i need or i want yeah but hearing that from you is uh really helpful just to be conscious about those kind of things definitely so. that's super important i mean i used to think the same way i was like okay i'm sitting down across the table you know even the sales like all right my goal is to close this deal i'm gonna close the deal yeah no matter what yeah um which is good to have that but also you need to be mindful like yeah. i said so yeah no it's definitely it is it it a great course i recommend it to anyone out there um HBS online, Negotiation Mastery. They have a ton of courses as well on HBS. Um, some are, you know, quite expensive depending on what you want to get into. <laughs> Others, you know, a few hundred bucks, something like that. So definitely worth it. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I'm curious, uh, are there any misconceptions about negotiators like that people have maybe preconceived in their mind or just things that people wouldn't expect negotiators to really do um and by that i mean i feel like say even someone who's a car salesman mm-hmm. they are a negotiator and yeah. they have a bad stigma i'd say people think like oh they're slimy or they just want to sell me they want to polish a turd and sell it to yes. me or something like yes. that but do you think that there are some general misconceptions that could be cleared up i think it's a good question as well yeah. um you know definitely there is that stigma that car sales car salespeople are are shady yeah. and obviously some yeah, are of course um and some aren't i've closed a few deals with some that are amazing to work with they don't mm-hmm. try to upsell us or they say hey here are your options if you want them great if not move on yeah they don't push anything they don't try to like slide any numbers in there last <laughs> second because that's why i'm here i'm like okay this number doesn't make any sense why yeah. why are you adding this we don't need to pay that yeah good um good so no definitely there are, i mean when you hear sales and you hear negotiation, a lot of people say shady. Yeah. A million times, like, people ask me, like, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I was, you know, an account executive in software. So, like, oh, you're just a shady salesperson. Oh, God. It's not always the case. Some companies push to be a little more, like, they're, here's the line, and they're yeah. kind of pushing the line a little bit. <laughs> um, others, not so much, mm. where it's like, they don't want to buy, they don't want to buy, move on. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Um, so it's just finding someone you can really trust and, and understanding, you know, what are their motives? Are they actually caring about you? Are you just another box to yeah. check for them? Or, yeah. or what is going on here? Fair. Um, and definitely think about it in terms of, like, keeping the relationship. Mm. I have dealerships that I cannot work with anymore oh, because wow. they burn the bridge with me. Others that they call me to help them sell cars they have on their lot. Wow. Which is a really good feeling when a dealership calls you yes. and says, hey, we have these you know, luxury cars where we don't play in this space all that yeah. well. Can you sell these? We have yeah. six. And I'm like, okay, we'll see what we can make happen. Let's do it. Um, 
So yeah, it's about building a relationship for sure. I see, I see. So you had mentioned that you had some account executive jobs, mm-hmm. uh, account management jobs. So what is a typical day in the life like for you when you were in those roles? Mm-hmm. Definitely varies day to day. Um, some positions required cold calling like crazy, mm-hmm. um, and managing a list of you know six hundred accounts and just yeah. pounding the phones and blasting emails and you know oh yeah, it's just you gotta you gotta grind your teeth a little bit Definitely. and do that. Um, that's not really my style. I'm not you know the best at cold calling and picking yeah. up the phone and just calling you know X person yeah. day after day after day. It's not really. I mean, I get those a lot on my phone now, yeah. and I'm like, mm. I try to be respectful, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't ever want to be on the other, other yeah. side of that again yeah. <laughs> unless I have to. Um, so, yeah, you know, it ranged from, from you know, all, you know, green space accounts, brand new accounts okay. to a hybrid where I was calling into existing accounts to check in. They were coming for renewal and making sure everything was lined up. And, of course, we have to upsell as the renewal, depending on if we have, you know, an agreement in place already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times it was strictly account management where I was working with just existing customers okay. and, you know, kind of farming versus hunting. I see. So a wide variety of, of different sales roles for sure in, in different tech companies. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, as you were cold calling a lot of people, um, were there some times when someone picked up the phone and wasn't so kind? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. So lots, how... of, lots of cuss words. Ooh. Um, don't call us again. Oh, wow. You know, we have your number. We're going to report you. Wow. Calling the police. All that fun The police stuff. for you're, a cold you're call. You're a spammer. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. We got a lot of that. We so how do you that. handle a situation like that? Like, you make a phone call, and someone picks up the phone. You're having a great day. Someone else is maybe not having the best day. Yeah. They pick up a phone from an unexpected number, and they say some words that you weren't expecting either. Uh, how do you go forward in that conversation and still maybe try to stay the course to help them? Because mm-hmm. that's why you're calling, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you handle a situation like that? Great question. Um, I'd say the first couple of times early in my career, it threw me off completely, <laughs> and I said, I don't know why I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, you just kind of hang up the phone, and that's it. That's it. Um, other times you learn to kind of combat that and say, okay, they're human. You could have called them at the wrong time. They could have had a bad day, bad week, bad month, bad year, whatever it is. You never know. Yeah. Um, and say, listen, you know, I this is not a call to sell you something. Yeah. I I'm not doing that. I just want to talk to you, understand yeah. your business a little bit more, your role, kind of tell you how I may be able to help you. If mm-hmm. there is interest, great. If not, let's move on. Yeah, fair. That was it. Um, but yeah, the first few times definitely <laughs> shake you up a little bit, but it does make you have much thicker skin after yeah. you do it a few times, mm. where now kind of rejection and, and getting yelled at, it's, it's whatever. It's whatever. At this point, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm happy to hear that you've gotten to a point where it is just whatever, because mm-hmm. that can be daunting. That can be uh, really unsettling sometimes, mm-hmm. getting some negative feedback from you trying to help somebody. Yeah. Um, so, torque motor car. Mm-hmm. You are the founder of it, mm-hmm. and you guys are doing some super cool things. I look at your Instagram, and I look at Torque Motor Cars Instagram, and I see these beautiful cars. I see you driving them. I see people doing donuts in the in the in the snow. I'm like, this guy is just living life. He's just having fun out here. I'm curious, how did Torque Motor Car begin, and what was the motivation to start it? So, gotta rewind back to like 2000 and let's say eight roughly, where a good friend of mine, um, I mentioned the name, Blaine Guido, um, we started kind of helping people buy and sell Sobs and Volvos. Okay. Um, Really wasn't charging money for this. It was more for fun. We both had Sobs. 
those of you don't know, it's a it, the company's no longer around. They were owned by GM. They went under, but they were a cool, quirky car brand that was competing with like BMW, Mercedes, Audi, and all of that. Um, and you know, we started doing that and had some fun with it, but it was more of like a weekend thing here and there. And we didn't market ourselves all that well. I think our profile picture on Instagram, I mean, on Facebook, was both of our high school senior pictures <laughs> cropped and then put together That's as awesome. our like page. And it just wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't good. Yeah. Um, we, we struggled. It was more of just for fun. People knew of us as, like, the car people. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of it. And then, you know, kind of fast forward, um, got my license, got my first car, and ended up selling that and pocketing some cash and then using that to, like, buy and sell and flip and upgrade each time mm-hmm. and go through a variety of cars. Um, and, you know got to the point where I realized I was helping a lot of people yeah. with car advice yeah. and offering you know, my two cents when they're trying to buy or sell, um, get a car repaired, mm-hmm. find a mechanic, um, anything like that. Yeah. And you know, in 2020, randomly I woke up from a dream mm-hmm. that I started a company. And the company helped people buy and sell cars. So cool. So I rolled over and scribbled on my notepad in the middle of the night and then fell back asleep, woke up and said... I need to do something with this. Hell yeah. That dream felt so real. I need to do something, whether it turns into, you know, the large company or medium or small or whatever it is. Yeah. Or if I just do it and make, you know, a couple grand a month, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, I just need to start this. So immediately opened the laptop up and typed in how to start an LLC in Google. Love that. And kind of went from there. Um, got to the point where, you know, I I purchased a GoDaddy website Nice. Um, and Wix and all that fun stuff. And I was like building out a website. And I was nice. like, yeah, I have a great site. Oh, I have a great, great. name. Yes. You know, I went on to um, Fiverr and had someone create a logo for me nice. for like 15 bucks. And I said, this is perfect. It's perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> Love it. Company's going to blow up. I had all these different pricing tiers for the company okay. as well. Sounds legit. Yeah. I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Love it. Great. Stock images on my website. Yeah. Nothing unique. You know, this is great. I'm going to, yes. this is really going to knock it out of the park. This is it. Um, couldn't figure out how to connect a payment system to the website. Ooh. So I reached out to my good friend, and he was like, you should reach out to my friend Cassie. Like, she okay. can help you with this. So I did. And they were like, you know, we, we do consulting for a living. Shout out to 134 Consulting. Shout out to 134. Um, they were like, we will take you on as a client. You're, like, family to us, but we need to... We need to talk about your website and logo here because <laughs> if you want to be, you know, that luxury exotic, you yeah. know, premier brand, it's got to be sexy. Exactly, it's, it's got to look good. Yeah, and you can't use stock image. You can't use this logo okay. that you paid fifteen dollars for. Okay, it doesn't look good. Like we, we need to make some changes here. And I said, but like you know, this is my baby. I don't want to yeah. change it. And I said, just give us a few weeks to show you what we can do and show you where you could go and let's make this happen. Okay. Um, the name I came up with at the time, <laughs> it, was, it was very weak. It was Drive Automotive Advisors. And I said, this is a powerful sounds, name. Sounds good. Yeah, I was like, this is it. Oh, yeah. like, your initials would be D-A-A, duh. Like, do you, oh, do you want that? duh. And I was like, nah, nah probably not, nah, probably not. Yeah. Um, so we went through this whole, like, kind of rebranding and naming. And I hadn't really gone live. At, the, at that point, I've been talking to people and kind of letting know what I was doing. Um, and they pulled together this amazing PowerPoint and said, hey, here are some names. Here are you know how we see the brand going. 
give it that premium feel. Mm-hmm. Here are our recommendations. I can't remember what the PowerPoint was, but it was yeah. it was hefty. And wow. It had a lot of information in it. Wow. Um, and we took you know weeks to come up with a solid name. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a list of names, and you know we tried to keep it car themed. So yeah. you know there was like power, there was torque, there mm-hmm. was everything. There were you know Italian names, German, everything we could think of. Mm-hmm. And we're like, how do we come up with a good combination that would resonate with people? Mm-hmm. That sounds you know car related yeah and kind of go from there um and that's when you know i kind of slept on it and said yeah torque motor car consultants the name's changed a little bit now it's yeah. torque motor car inc but yeah. we still have the consultant name out there as well we have the llc and then the the corporation as well but um yeah it was it kind of hit and the more i said it i was like i like that mm. so i started asking family and friends what do you think of this name yeah. what is that name like how does it make you feel yeah I said, well, it sounds like power in motion. Mm. I said, perfect, torque. Perfect. That's it. Perfect. Then it was time to come up with the logo and the graphic designer. Um, and this amazing guy, John Bogan, um, he came up with a wide variety of different logos and colors and fonts. Um, we now kind of focus on more gold, but we do have black. Um, there's red. We can do different shields for different things like that, different colors, all that. Yeah. Um, and that was you know a day spent in New Hampshire in front of a screen walking through everything Mm. and having John kind of analyze and say, here is what this image makes me feel. How does it make you feel? What do you think of this? Where do you see this? Mm. Um, Does this seem more sporty? Does it seem more fashion focused? Does it seem like, what are you going for? And here are my thoughts and here are the color palettes to go with it. It was very, very thorough, very in depth. Um, And it took me, you know, at the end of the PowerPoint, they said, okay, out of all the different designs, what do you like? And I said, Number two, right there. That's yeah, it. Right there. Hands down. I oh, want yeah. it. And that's where kind of the shield came from. Damn, yeah, I love it. On the side, this side. Absolutely side. love it. Yeah. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Such a cool story, too. So you did all of that. You mm-hmm. know, you thought that you maybe had the website done and all the logos and all the images looking great. And then you put it in front of some other people and they said, well, I don't know, buddy. Maybe we want to start over again. Yeah. Yeah. So you did. And um, you got some help from 134 Consulting and your good friend, John. And after that, were you ready then to now sell your first car through Torque Motors? Or how exactly did that come about, that first transaction? I thought so, um, but realized I needed to have more kind of a, a groundwork, more framework in place to be ready to support my clients. Yeah. Um, and we're still learning and growing to this day. We're still, you know, young startups, so we yeah. don't have everything we need, yeah. but we can make it happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I had the knowledge, I had the connections to make transactions happen, but I was still learning the industry more and understanding how to navigate that space. When you're dealing with, you know, the luxury car market, you know, BMW, Audi, Mercedes, it's a little different. You go to the dealership and it's like, it's a different interaction. But when you're trying to transact, you know, a six-figure supercar uh, and get into like the hypercar space, it gets a little stressful. Yeah. And it's a different world. And it took a lot of learning, a lot of navigating, a lot of networking mm. um, in order to kind of better prepare myself. And that was, you know, almost three years ago at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, my network has changed completely. My skill sets changed. Yeah. I've had to be able to drive the cars, have the cars for a week at a time, and really learn and understand the cars. Yeah. Um, which has been great. Mm. But yeah, it took. You know, up until I would say, you know, summer 21, okay. roughly to get my first client. And it okay. wasn't anything, you know, crazy. It wasn't yeah. like a super fancy high end car, but <laughs> yeah. it didn't matter. It was yeah. a great friend of mine, and they wanted to be a client nice. and they wanted to support my business. And that meant the world to me. Yeah. Um, They're looking to buy 
their son a new car. Okay. And we ended up finding them, you know, a nice truck. Nice. And that was it. My first yeah. client. I there said, great. There it is. Yeah. It works. It works, right? Yeah. yeah it yeah. works. Yes. And then after that, you know, word kind of traveled and ended up finding, you know, another client. And then that client told someone else. And then mm-hmm. it kind of snowballed from there. And, of course, we have our highs and lows here and there as yeah. we're still learning and growing. And um, But, yeah, no, it, it definitely, I'd say, like, Five or six months after that is when the first client hit, nice. and you know when the when the check came, I said, "Oh, this is cool! This, it's is, like, this is awesome! <laughs> it worked!" Yes. You know, now it's time to keep going. So yeah. then we worked on pricing and kind of restructured that. I had like eight different prices really? for my first website, and really? I said, "This is too confusing. It's it feels nickel and dimey. Yeah, like they don't want this service for fifty nine, then this one for hundred, then this one for two hundred, this one yeah. for thousand, this one for like it's all over the place." Yeah keep it one easy price and then when you get into another market and then we do a percentage mm, um makes sense keep it clean keep it easy keep it simple and not make the client feel like you're trying to get every last dollar because yeah. it's about the relationship not just about the dollar definitely mm-hmm. definitely interesting so what i'm most curious about too is say if i'm somebody who this is my first time hearing about torque motor car and I am thinking, oh, wow, I'm actually in the market for a luxury or an exotic vehicle. And maybe I'll give them a call. Uh, what can someone expect to be helped with by going through Torque Motor Car? So we'll ask a series of questions. You know, what are you looking for? What is your timeline? What is your budget? What is most important to you? Um, and then kind of reverse engineer the process from there and say, okay, you want you know, a convertible supercar in, you know, black or yellow or green, whatever your choice is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you familiar with this market? Have you owned, driven one before? Do you know anyone that has one? Like, what is your experience with that? And really understand that. Um, and once we have everything we need, we, we're off and running. And sometimes when I'm on the call with them, I'm, like, doing a little research to see, like, <laughs> Is there something out there that would fit their needs? And kind of showing them, like, here's where the market is. Here's a potential car. Is this what you're looking for? Yeah. And then we go from there. Mm. Um, And we handle the entire process and make it as hands-off for our clients as possible. Mm. Unless they have to go in, some dealerships prefer the client to come in and sign the paperwork. Other times, I mean, you can do it remotely. Um, They survived during COVID doing things remotely. So I'm like, we can do this remotely. Yeah. Send DocuSign, overnight the paperwork. Mm. I'm authorized to take the car off the lot once it's signed for. Um, or if it needs to be shipped, we put on a truck and we get it to them. Wow. So, yeah, no, it's hands-off from them. I will call them for input and say, okay, I found this car. Mm-hmm. Is this what you're looking for? Um, I found something very similar to this car. Yeah. I know you mentioned this is number one and this was number two. Would you consider this one as well? Yeah. Um, but just running it by them and saying, you know, is, is this what you want? Yeah. Do you want to make a move on this? okay, great, let's take the next steps. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I don't bug them until I, I need something from them, you know, nice. a signature, input, deposit, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and that's it. It's very hands-off. We make it very easy for our clients. So. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I remember I told you uh, when we first met that, you know, I'm ready to buy the Bugatti. Yeah. So I'm ready. Now, let's let's do it. You Can you can you get me one? I have one in inventory, actually. Yes, I it's have, in Europe. I don't, I don't know if we can import it, but I have Ooh. to look into that. But we have, I have my hands on a couple right now. We can do it for free, right? I'll hook you up. Okay. All right, thank God. Up. Hey, yeah. guys. Yeah. I'm getting a new Bugatti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, how mm-hmm. you source these vehicles. Like, is it all local? Is it, like... You know, you know somebody, and that's how you get the car. Or can these cars come from, like you mentioned, Europe or elsewhere? It's all over the place. It's okay. a lot of networking. So a lot of the cars I can find somewhat local. Okay. Um, you know, down to New York and Miami. Um, a 
depending on the car in Europe as well, um, California. It's just kind of knowing someone mm. and knowing who may have a private collection who is willing to sell a car and saying, hey, I have a potential buyer for this car. What can we make happen here? Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of searching online. We Some clients prefer to buy stuff off market, so meaning it's not listed anywhere. You yeah. cannot find the car online anywhere. Wow. Um, and some people are, are not as picky and say, okay, like, I know I want that car. You do the work. Do the work. Um, so it varies depending on the client and the level of confidentiality we have with them. But, mm. um, yeah, we can find the cars in Europe. A lot of the older cars we find um, are in Europe, and those mm. ones can come to the U.S. So, mm. yeah. Interesting. Mm. Really cool. So these things are out there. They're out there. But not everyone can find them. But, mm. you know, going through someone like you, probably have a better chance of finding them than if I were to go and look at something myself so mm-hmm. i'm definitely gonna keep that in mind yeah but once i'm there once i'm ready to get the bugatti you guys will see me driving down 295 got you and you'll know where i got it from i got you <laughs> i got you no we're, we're small but mighty okay um we have the connections to to find those cars yeah um and if you know we don't have direct access we can find someone who does mm. and we know the right avenues to go to to get to those cars mm. um you know i've been able to see some crazy cars i never thought yeah. i'd have access to some crazy collections yeah meet some very interesting people yeah. um you know owners of supercar hypercar companies <sighs> that i never thought i'd be able to shake a hand with but you know we're having lunch together wow. on the west coast i'm like this is this is mind-blowing this is what so it's we about. have the avenues to get there mm. um and it just came from years of networking and yeah. being on every scene from car shows to random dinners to yeah talking to someone at an Irish bar yeah. or whatever it may be, walking yeah. down the street. <laughs> yep. um, just lots of networking yeah. and always just letting people know what it is I do, mm. how I can help, and, and being genuinely interested mm. in them as a person as well. Mm. I'm big on relationships. I don't want to mm. just make this transactional with people. I want to build something long-term and build a community. I don't want to just get the sale and move on. Yeah. Mm. That's so important. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can feel and I can sense that authenticity. And I mentioned this i think when i first met you maybe i just said in my head but you know you really are genuine in what you're doing and that goes a long way because you're trying to help people yes you want to get a deal done make the transaction but you also want to help them you want to put a smile on their face and you want them to feel good about the purchase that they're making and i can feel that so guys if you're interested you know you want a luxury car you want an exotic vehicle curtis is here to help and so is everyone at Torque Motor Car. Um, please seek them out. I'll drop their Instagram right here, and I'll drop their website right here as well. But uh, please go check them out. Um, so one thing I'm also a little interested in is: yeah. has there been like a really memorable or unique experience with having you know a client who wants a certain vehicle, and maybe they got the vehicle or they didn't? And has there been anything that stuck out to you as you embarked on this journey with Torque Motor Car? Yeah, you know I've definitely transacted with some interesting clients and who I consider, you know, friends and, and family, mm. um, which is great to have that feeling where, you know, we can call just to just to talk and not yeah. talk about cars and business and talk about life. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, worked on some interesting deals from, you know, a brand new all black 911 that someone's working on that someone was looking for um, to a Ferrari SF90 Spider, which is a beautiful car, all blacked out. Can't wait for that to come in. I think it arrives end of this year, hopefully sooner. We'll see. Mm. Um, we'll go for a ride in that oh. sometime. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Guys, you heard that? That'll be fun. You heard that? Yeah. We're going for a ride. <laughs> um, to, you know, a, a, an upcoming project, um, I have a client, a good friend of mine, who 
he's looking for a G-Wagon, a G63 AMG, Damn. but not just any. He wants to convert it to the Brabus. Wow. So there's different levels of the Brabus, and he wants, you know, a completely, we call it murdered out, all-black Brabus. Mm. Um, so I cannot wait to, to work on that with him. Oh, so yeah. that's an interesting one in the future, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had the opportunity to speak with, um, you guys have watched the show, Million Dollar Wheels, mm. um, but I've been connected to those people on the show, yes. and it's, you know, I have their direct number if needed. I can wow. reach out to them and say, hey, I'm looking for XYZ car. Um, so it's cool. You know, I've met some really cool people and been able to transact some cool deals. Nice. Um, hopefully, we'll get some with them soon. But yeah. yeah, you know, just being around the cars and seeing the smiles and, yeah. and all that and see the different types of cars I've had the pleasure of driving and, and you know, putting clients behind the wheel of their yeah. their dream car their next car whatever it may be mm. next one for their collection so yeah yeah wow so cool so so cool i think uh if you guys haven't by now gone and checked out their instagram or their website you should because there's a couple of videos specifically on curtis's instagram that are really really cool and i want to get there one time and just be somewhere in the mountains where it's snowing someone has a mercedes that they are just absolutely having a lot of fun with and just doing donuts and all these cool things that you know i probably wouldn't do myself but i respect that they do it um, we'll get you out there sometime we'll get me yeah, out there they want to do something again this summer so we're mm. looking at uh going back out there um i'm not sure when we're gonna make that happen but yeah. the plan is to okay. um it's in austria is the is the game plan austria and germany wow um and potentially croatia but mm. yeah uh next winter assuming that there's yeah. some snow and the planet doesn't get too hot <laughs> um, we can go to the gp ice race okay. and where's uh, that what's that that's, that's in austria in, in zellum oh, really? so you know if you're around we can make that work it's uh it's a great right. time it's a great time i'm ready Austria 2024 we'll 2024 baby yeah, let's do it no, a good time shout out to Meistermacher um, they're the ones that hooked up that trip okay. set it up we were working on some deals with them hmm. and they said you should come hang with us at the GP ice race he said alright um, so my friend and, and business partner who were getting on board hmm. um, we booked our flights and bought our tickets to the ice race and said let's go yeah and then the ice race was canceled. Oh, so we no. had to come up with a plan B, and Meistermacher said, no worries, we got you guys. Okay. They came up with the Snowy Escapade, which you can find it on my Instagram, on Torx Instagram. That's where uh, Buddha took his Lamborghini. He was doing Donuts in the Snow. <laughs> uh, basically, it's supercars and exotic cars, luxury cars on, on snow and ice. <laughs> uh, GP Ice Race is even more crazy because, I mean, you see cars from all over, but you know, Meister Mark is doing an amazing job of setting up something for next year as well. Mm. Definitely, if you have the chance, look up the ice race, yeah. um, look up Snowy Escapade, follow Meister Mocker, watch all their stories, and stay in tune to stay in touch with all of the, the events they have coming up because they can throw some really cool stuff out there. So, I can't wait. I'm going to yeah. definitely give them a follow after this. I am not familiar, but if now that I piece that together, I really am curious what else they're doing. And um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So, anything else you want to mention about Torque Motor Car before we move on to the next topic? Yeah, you know, I'm excited to see kind of where where the brand goes from here. Um, we're getting some momentum, and I feel like I'm, I'm becoming more more comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time, mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah, um, learning a lot. You know, I went from an LLC to converting to a corporation, which is a nightmare in itself. There's a, it's a process. It's a process. You yeah. know, you got to make sure you check the right boxes because it can throw everything off. So uh, I'm learning. I'm wearing all the hats. You yeah. know, I'm wearing, you know, founder, CEO, CFO, you know, HR, you name it, everything. It's great now that I have um, 
business partner who is going to come on board and kind of help alleviate some of that pressure and take on some of those tasks. Um, but also an amazing support team, 134, mm-hmm. family and friends, um, and our business advisor, uh, John Chu, who um, became a colleague of mine mm-hmm. in 2017. Uh, we met because he was backing his car into a parking space, and I said, who drives that here? Yeah. Very great car. Uh, we started chatting and be- went from colleagues to you know friends mm-hmm. and then friends to now you know business partners and and you know almost considering family. Wow. Um, he's been a client of mine like three or four times over, but now he's part of the tour team. So cool. Um, so excited to see where that goes, excited to see these relationships grow. Yeah. Excited to get back out there and do some more car related things this summer. Yeah. Um and uh, just keep keep grinding away and keep trying to build the brand up. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, so happy for you and I Thank can't you. wait to see all the cool things that you're gonna do because I know that they're going to happen, and um, I hope you guys are also going to be following along for the journey because Curtis is going to the moon. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Please yes. like, follow, share, buy some merch, check our website out. Yes, yes. all different kinds on there. Would love, uh, would love the support. And uh, if anyone's looking for anything, we'd love to, love to help. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, so I'm curious. Just quick little closing here. Yeah. Um, outside of work and all the cool things that you've done that have been beneficial for your career development. Are there things that you enjoy doing in your free time? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so getting more into golf again. Oh, nice. uh, took some time off, but, you know, realized it's, it's fun. I enjoy playing it. So getting back out there and doing that. Um, our mutual friend, Tim. Yep. Um, I love go-karting with him. Yeah. I've had the chance, so that's really fun. Yeah. Um, but mainly I love going, you know, on walks and keeping yeah. it chill. Yeah. Um, do some traveling. Do some traveling, explore. Yeah. Um, nice. Try new food. Where's your favorite place to eat? Favorite place to eat. That's, I saw that question. It's a tough question. Yeah. I would say my favorite place to eat. <laughs> I love a place called Dig. Okay. Um, really good, like fresh food. Okay. Um, you know, healthy, but makes you kind of feel like you're not eating healthy at the which same time, which nice. is great. <laughs> um, but I like a wide variety of food. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be the fanciest place. But, sure. you know, I like a good dive bar all Hell the way yeah. up to, you know, something where you got to dress up a little bit. I mean, I'm not super picky. depends on the occasion. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say out of all the cuisines, my favorite food, my favorite cuisine mm. might be Italian, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to say it's Italian. It's a solid one. You can't go yeah. wrong. The no. pastas, the breads, the pizza. Big I mean, pasta like, person. Yeah, yeah. huge pasta yeah. person. So can't go wrong there. Um, now, as you've grown and you've developed your business, you've developed as a person, mm-hmm. uh, has there been anybody who has been instrumental to your growth, maybe they have been a good role model, somebody who you look to for advice or anything like that? Uh, yes. I would say no one person. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much from so many different people, okay. um, from family and friends, you know, cousins, aunts and uncles, parents, mm-hmm. um, former colleagues, yeah. to, you know, clients who yeah. are now friends who we hang out and, you know chop it up on the weekends and stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, I don't think there's any one person. I think it's a combination of, of everyone. I've okay. taken bits and pieces from each person, yeah. um, from some of my biggest clients to my smallest clients. I've learned something from all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of helped me get to the next level. Yeah. Um, okay. I've taken a lot of business advice from some of those people mm-hmm. and just general life advice, relationship advice, like everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think... I don't. I 
couldn't narrow it down to one particular person. Yeah. It's really tough. You know, Fair. I thought about that in case that question was asked. Yeah. And I said, I don't know if I could narrow it down to one person. Fair. I think it would be, you know, a combination of, you know. All of it, really. A bunch of people. A yeah. strong yeah. support system, sounds like, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is great. My last question for you is, if I'm listening to this podcast, I'm thinking, wow, Curtis is super cool. I really think what he's doing is awesome for himself, but also the people who he's able to help. I want to do something similar, and I want to also begin a luxury and exotic car concierge firm. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to that person? I would say if that's what you want to do and you're passionate about it, go for it. Dive in. Um, Just don't compete with me. No, just kidding. (laughs) No, I think the more the better. Um, I work very closely with, with many brokers. We're all in the same business. Let's all do it together. Um, I would say dive in. Don't be scared. Do it. It's stressful. It's a lot of work. Um, and be ready to, to work a lot of hours to network like you've never networked before. Um, at random events, um, Google is really good. Uh, Joyraft is good for the Boston area to figure out what events are going on around you. Find stuff that you're interested in mm. um, and just show up. Yeah. Start talking to people. And, yeah. you know, just make connections, make friends, and, yeah. and go from there. But, yeah, dive in, you know, create that LLC, yeah. find your support system, mm. find kind of your your niche, and just run with it. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's daunting and intimidating to start something. Mm. Um, and I remember the first few steps for me personally was just like, am I really doing this? Yeah. Um, like how do I do this? I don't know. I'm scared, but you just have to do it. Yeah. And kind of once you get going, it becomes, I don't know if easier is the right word, but you kind of get used to kind of that way of life and, and everything. Mm. Um, yeah, just, just dive in. Dive in. L- know your market, know your clients, know your business. Yeah. And just keep moving forward. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. This was this was great. I think um, I am not really familiar with cars and the luxury or exotic part of cars, but I hope that you guys were able to take away a little bit of what it's like to be someone like Curtis Griffin, who is a founder of a luxury and exotic car concierge firm, how he can help you. And I hope that through this podcast episode, uh, if you are interested, I'd love to hear if you do reach out to Curtis and you buy something that you enjoy. Um, Curtis, any last words before we get out of here? And I just want to say thank you. This is great, man. I'm glad we could catch up. I'm glad, you know, we could chat. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. I'm glad we could share, you know, the Torque story with you um, and, and all the listeners. But, yeah, thank you. This thank has you. been this has been awesome. I can't wait to do it again. Yes, and let's do it again. would love to, uh, you know, go for a cruise and something Ooh. sometime soon. We'll, we'll figure it out when. Ooh. We'll go to some car shows. Um, maybe take out a car for a little bit. But oh, man. Yeah, I would love, to, would love to make that happen. All right, let's do it. I'm down. Uh, thank you, Curtis, and thank you guys for watching and listening. Thank you. See you on the next one. Peace.